Aloha. If you have your Bibles, would you turn to the Old Testament to the prophet of Ezekiel? Turn to the prophet of Ezekiel in the Old Testament. You may not have heard of that name because we are a lot in the New Testament, specifically in the Gospel of Mark, going verse by verse. But today for Vision Sunday, we wanted to communicate what 2020 would look like for Ohana Church. And one of the things we say at Ohana Church, we've been saying it for the last five and a half years in our existence, right? What gets celebrated, help me out, gets what? Repeated. Say it with me. What gets celebrated, get what? Gets repeated. And you know what? I want to celebrate a couple things today. Number one, I want to celebrate that we've made it to the last Sunday of 2019. Got to get a witness out there, right? Praise God, right? Secondly, I want to celebrate a couple people in our church. Right now, today is Pahu Marcus and Sarah's seventh wedding anniversary. Very yeah. Praise God. And today for our old timer, right? Shannon Connie is his birthday today. I don't know if he's 50 today or 40, all right? I don't know. But the reality is that what gets celebrated, help me out, gets repeated. And the truth is the opposite. What does not get celebrated does not get repeated, right? And so I don't know if your, your MO is to naturally be negative all the time. You guys have that ER personality from Winnie the Pooh. Oh, poor me, right? I don't know. I don't know what that, but for us, we need to celebrate. For me as a worship leader, right? I've led worship for many years. It is my, it is my joy to make sure that you clap. Can I get a witness there, right? Very biblical. It is my joy so that you sing loud. It is my joy that we practice these expressions because ultimately our expressions reveal to us our heart, what's on the inside. And and what I want to look at today is I want to look at three things that we call our priorities. Right on. So so this is what I want us to look at. There's three things. Number one, it's not up on the screen. What we make priority of is the gospel. Can I get a witness, right? We believe that the gospel is the foundation of what we teach, what we preach, what we live out, how we develop, how we train people. But number two, our priority is the family of God. We call the Ohana. And if there's anything God can use in our life, it's the family of God. Number three, our priority is the mission. What is our mission? Our mission is that we would plant churches, not just in Hawaii, but throughout the world like Japan. Right now, we have a couple churches in Japan that's allowing us to engage a 99.3% lostness of Japanese people, meaning that if they took their last breath today, they would not be in the presence of Jehovah. You should not be happy with that. You should not be proud with that. So we prioritize our lives as a church in those three areas, the gospel, right? The ohana, the family, and lastly, the mission, that we exist to love people to the beauty of Jesus. And so as we dive into today's vision, three things need to be very, what we need to understand about vision is a healthy vision has three things. Number one, a healthy vision must be clear. Amen? A healthy vision must be clear. All right, number two, A healthy vision has to challenge the organization, or for us, the church. If it's easy, it's probably not of God. Because the servant will never outweigh the master. 
the master, Jesus Christ, we've learned in the gospel, he's endured some hardship. So the servant will endure hardship as well. So does the vision challenge the church? Lastly, a healthy vision is that it multiplies. It multiplies within the church and it multiplies outside of the church. Now, today we have a good turnout, okay? But this is not the average turnout. People will put on other things besides the gathering of the church. They'll make priorities elsewhere. But for us, our priority is the gospel, is the family, is our mission. And this is what George, George Barna says for us, right? This is what he says about personal vision. He says, let your vision move you to areas of outreach that may, that may be uncomfortable but will contribute to your personal growth. All right? The vision must challenge us. Vision must be clear. And vision must multiply in us and with those that we are connected with. And today, I want to I look at the, the prophet I was named after, Ezekiel. I want us to look at specifically chapter 2 of Ezekiel. Ezekiel was a prophet, a major prophet during the time of Israel when they were exiled in the nation of Babylon. Ezekiel was known for three main visions given to him by the Lord. The first vision was God's glory. The second vision was God's judgment. And the third vision was God's temple. Ezekiel out of the Hebrew language means God strengthens. And, if, and that is appropriate for this man's life. A couple backgrounds about Ezekiel. Number one, Ezekiel faced rejection of his own people. People thought he was crazy. Actually, secular psychiatrists from reading all the chapters of Ezekiel would say that Ezekiel was bipolar and psychotic because some of the things that he did. I'm pretty bipolar and psychotic sometimes. I'm just going to let you guys know that, all right? It is what it is. But like we see this in his life. He encounters also the death of his wife. God takes his wife from him. And Ezekiel says that was his pride joy. Could you imagine being Ezekiel? Losing the joy of your life and continually to follow the one who called him, the Lord Jehovah. He's seen as a psychotic individual. He goes on, he is the definition of what it meant to be the opposite of fads and trends. Meaning Ezekiel didn't follow the popular posts on social media this morning. Ezekiel didn't wear the cool stuff. Ezekiel didn't do the, the popular things. Ezekiel, Ezekiel fought against culture. Ezekiel said things that should have killed him right where he stand. But Ezekiel, there was one thing, God strengthened him. God strengthened him. God took a lot from him, like we see in a lot of our verses today. But God was faithful to Ezekiel. And what I want us to see is really one main truth today. And we'll be Pauhana. All right. The main truth is this. When God speaks, we listen. Say that with me. One, two, three. When God speaks, we listen. Would you stand with me in the reading of God's perfect word? Ezekiel chapter 2. We're going to read the whole chapter for God's glory. It said, He said to me, Son of man, stand up on your feet and I will speak with you. 
As he spoke to me, the spirit entered me and set me on my feet. And I listened to the one who was speaking to me. He said to me, son of man, I am sending you to the Israelites, to the what? Rebellious pagans who have what? Rebelled against me. The Israelites and their ancestors have transgressed against me to this day. The descendants are abstinent and hard-hearted. I am sending you to them and you must say to them, this is what the Lord God says. Whether they listen or refuse to listen, for they are a rebellious what? Say it louder. Hey, can I have some Hawaiian participation in here, Hawaiians? Come on. All right. They will know that a prophet has been among them. But you, son of who? Do not be afraid of them and do not be afraid of their words. Even though their bears and thorns are besides you and you live among scorpions, don't be afraid of their words or discouraged by the look on their faces for they are a what? Rebellious house. Speak my words to them, whether they listen or refuse to listen for they are, say it again, and you, son of man, listen to what I tell you. Do not be what? Say it again. Say it again. If you got your child next to you, look at him and say, do not be rebellious. Now say it like you mean it. Oh, you guys sound like Malahini's up in this room today. Let's go. All right. Verse 8. And you, son of man, listen to what I tell you. Do not be rebellious like the rebellious house. Open your what? Open your what? And eat what I'm giving to you. So I looked and saw a hand reaching out to me, and there was a written scroll in it. When he unrolled it before me, it was written on the front and the back, words of lamentations, mourning, and woe were written on it. God, so much words and language in this verse that needs clarity. God, give us clarity. Give us a heart to receive and ears to listen so that our eyes may see by faith. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and we say, Amen. You may be seated. No ho ilalo. You may be seated. I want you to see one main truth again. The main truth. Say it with me. One, two, three. When God speaks, we listen. I want to be very clear that when Ezekiel heard God, it's not because he had a trait or an ability he possessed to hear from God. Let me say that again. When Ezekiel heard from God, it was not anything in him, any skill, any trait, any education, right, in his own ability to hear from God. Here's the applicational truth. Listen to, listening to God requires God to give his spirit. That should be a hearty amen in this room, all right? Let me say that again. Listening to God, hearing from God requires God to give us his Holy Spirit. There is nothing in Ezekiel that he could have understood from God himself without God's Spirit. Can I get a witness out there? Anyone in this room, we cannot know God intimately, personally, apart from knowing God's Spirit. How do you know that, Kahu? Look at verses 1 and verses 2. It said, God said to Ezekiel, son of man, stand up on your feet and I will speak with you. Watch the answer to this. As he spoke to Ezekiel, as he spoke to me, Ezekiel's making it uh, first person, right? The Spirit, what? Entered me. 
Hello? The Spirit entered me and set me what? On my feet. And I listened to the one who was speaking to me. It is impossible for the church to hear from God, specifically if we have this ability. We don't have any ability or any trait in ourselves to hear from God apart from God's spirit. God is required by his sovereign grace to give us what we don't deserve, and that is his spirit. Like, that's powerful. That's what jacks me up every morning to know that God would speak to a heathen like me, Zeke Tomaselli. That makes grace good, better, or as we say in Hawaii, more better. Can I get a witness there, right? That's what makes grace good, that God, in all my fears, Lord, as a husband, as a father, as a brother, as a kahu, you in your sovereign grace has given me your spirit so that I may commune with you. So that I may sit with you. So that I may hear from you. You stand me up when I don't want to stand up and I want to be a lazy couch potato. Can I get a witness, right? You move me out of the door when I don't want to go and meet with people. You're the one when people are bombarding me with your problems. You remind me, I got you. Hear from me. I'm a little bit passionate about Jesus if you did not know. There is joy in understanding this case. So look at this biblical truth. God always makes known to us his plans through his spirit. In fact, we see the doctrine of the Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit in verse 2. As God speaks to Ezekiel, the, the spirit of God enters him. The word for that doctrine is regeneration, the new birth. And secondly, the spirit of God gifts him to listen, right? Here's a warning for all of us. I want to be very clear because I know some of you come from different church backgrounds. Before you guys came here, I want to be very clear about hearing from the Spirit or hearing from God. A warning is this. Hearing from God is not an emotional state where we feel things out. Hearing from God is always connected with what He says. The Spirit of God will always point us to the what? Word of God. I would say it this way. The Holy Spirit... Today, this side of the cross, right, reveals God to us through the written word. The written word. What is another word for written word? The Bible. Right? Bible. Thank you very much, right? The Bible. The living word. The, the written word. And then the written word reveals the living word. Jesus. How does God commune with us? How does God speak to us through scripture today? In fact, I want to be very clear that this is why we value Scripture over anything else. We value Scripture over our man-made traditions, over our emotions, over our experiences, over our upbringings in church. Those are not wrong, but they are secondary to God's holy word. We believe at Ohana Church that God's word is complete. It doesn't need to be added. It doesn't need to be taken out. The Bible is fully canonized and made whole. But today we have people adding on to God's scripture. In fact, there's a church in California whose child, the worship leader's child, was dead. And they made a mockery by praying for her to rise again for one week. The child never rose. So is God the fault of that? Let me tell you, if I die a young age, don't try to call me back. You're stealing the presence of Jesus from me already. While you cry and mourn, I'm in glory forever. 
It's selfish. Now, can God raise people from the dead? Yes, we've heard it. We've seen it, right? But usually there's actually a consistent theme with those that are raised from the dead. And this is true. Missiology, right? Missionaries around the world will say they've only seen true resurrection from the dead from areas where the Bible has not been written yet. All right, this is where we talk about sensationalists and continuous and all that. And there's a, there's a great truth to that. Why? Because you see it all in the New Testament. Jesus did things where the word was not fulfilled yet. And today as we look for it, I want you to see, if we hold anything high in this church, let it be the scriptures. Let it be the word of God. Look at what Isaiah says about the word of God. So my word, word that comes from my mouth will not return to me what? empty but it will accomplish what i please and will prosper in what i send it to do just joshua 1 says the book of instructions must not depart from your mouth you are to meditate on it day and night so that you may carefully observe everything written in it for you for then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do romans the new covenant here we go romans 15 for whatever was written in the past was written in for our instruction so that we may have hope through endurance and through the encouragement from the what my feelings the way i was raised right and i'm an emotional person don't get me wrong if you ever see me coach on the sideline you will know i'm an emotional person right I, I, that's in me but the reality is god's scripture always trumps my emotion Always look at the God. Look at this in the Gospel of John, chapter fourteen and chapter sixteen. It's not on the screen. Jesus calls, calls the disciples, and he talks about the Holy Spirit. It's not just the Spirit of God now, but He's holy, He's righteous, He's perfect. He says in this chapters of John 16, 14 and sixteen that He will be the Counselor. He will be the Spirit of Truth. He will be the one that lives in us from the Godhead. He will be the teacher. He will be the reminder. This one truth debunks the excuses Christians make when they say, I just simply cannot understand the Bible. It is not up to your manao to understand scripture. It's the Spirit's role. I don't care if you have a high school diploma, no diploma, no education at all. It is not up to you to comprehend God's word. It's up to his spirit. And he says here in, in these chapters of John 14 and 16 that the, the one true Holy Spirit will not reveal some truth, but he will reveal all that he has taught us through Jesus. Listen to me. Ezekiel, the prophet, was grace gifted by God when God spoke to him through his spirit. Let me make that apply to your life. Those of you who know Jesus, genuinely, really know Jesus, every one of you has been grace gifted by God with his spirit. And the culture may say something, my circumstances may say something otherwise and all that, but that does not debunk the truth that God speaks to us. Amen? So I want you to see three questions as we exegete our text. All right, number one, what was it that God told Ezekiel? Let me say that again. What was it, as we look at our verses, what was it that God told Ezekiel? Here's the simple answer. He would send him to the Israelites. He would send them to the Israelites. Look at verses three. It says, he said to them, son of man, I am sending you to the Israelites to the what? What is that R word again? Rebellious pagans. Now, oh, not just rebellious people, but rebellious pagans who have rebelled against me. 
In modern day terms, this is how it would be read. I am sending you to Ohana Church. I'm not lying. I am sending you to Ohana Church, those rebellious pagan people. That's what he's saying. I'm sending them to my people. And he goes on to say, the Israelites and their ancestors have transgressed against me today. So we see the sins of the generations before us. Like Jesus, I mean, like God, Jehovah, in this text is dropping some heavy bombs. For some of you Hawaiians who grew up in Wanai and Nanakuli, you will punch this brother in the face if you heard him say this to you. The homesteaders, huh? Where I am from, right? You, you guys all laugh because you know what I'm talking about. If somebody called you out and called you a rebellious pagan, swoop, swoop. Yeah, and then the auntie, the mara, the cousin come behind that, right? That's the reality, right? All for one. Praise the Lord. Second question. Why would God send Ezekiel to the Israelites? Simple. To make known their sin against God. I hope you see where we're going. The scriptures is very clear. Their ancestors have transgressed against me. Their fathers, their mothers... Their papas, their mimas, whatever, however you guys use, makuakane, makuahine, whatever term you use for grandparent, right? Oh, tata, tutu, whatever it is, right? Like, like, he's calling them out because of their sins, the generations before you, right? This is why I'm coming to you. Verse 4 says, the descendants are hard-hearted. Ezekiel, I'm sending you to them, and you must say to them, this is what the Lord God says. Whether they listen or refuse to listen, let me say that again. Whether they listen or refuse to listen, you are to say that they are a rebellious house. They will know that a prophet has been among you. Verse 3 also refers to them as being rebellious pagans. Because they, they didn't just forsake God. They also accepted a new way. Or multiple ways. We would call it polytheism. They served more than one God. But it was the pagan gods of Babylon. And then Persia. And the Medes would come during Daniel's time. And so we have a really turning point question right here. The last final question. Why would God speak to rebellious people. I want you to see this, Hawaiians. The answer is for the sake of his holy name. Now, I know what you guys thought. If you've been in a, a typical church, you would say, oh, because God loves us. Mm -mm. God does love us, but his priority is not you, sinner. His priority is his glory. And so this is what I want you to do. This is where the rubber meets the road. I want you to turn to chapter 36. And I promise you, this is why all you Hawaiians get caught up in all this stuff. Because you forget this life we live is not about you. I know that's not a popular message in Christian Church America today. Right? To sold the individual. No. We hold value the highest form of scripture, the, the, the Bible. 
God spoke to rebellious people through Ezekiel for the sake of his holy name. Turn to chapter 36, starting in verse 16 to verse 38. It says this, and I want you to hear this. If there's anything you hear today, I want you to hear this about how God is all about his glory. Number one, look at verse 16. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, while the house of Israel lived in their land, they defiled it with their conduct and actions. Their behavior before me was like menstrual impurity, right? Women, that is very close to, to your guys' monthly issues. Verse 18 says, so I poured out my wrath on them because of the blood they had shed on the land and because they had defiled it with their what? Idols, polytheism. I dispersed them among the nations and they were scattered among the countries. I judged them according to their what? Conduct and actions. When they came to the nations where they went, they profaned my holy what? Ohana church, right? Because it was said about them, these are the people of the Lord, yet they had to leave his land in exile. Then I had concern for my holy name, which the house of Israel profaned among the nations where they went. Therefore, meaning everything we just talked about, therefore. So say to the house of Israel, Ezekiel, this is what the Lord God says. It is not for your sake that I will act. Let me say it again. It's not because I love you. All right, listen again. It's not for your sake that I will act, house of Israel, but for what? My what? Holy name, which you profaned among the nations where you went. Let's stop right there. Watch how grace and mercy is displayed now moving forward, all right? Anytime you see the two words, I will, shout it out like we had a paina Hawaiian, okay? Here we go, right? Tw uh, 23. One, two, three. I will honor the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nation. The name you have profaned among them. The nations will know that I am the Lord. This is the... Declaration of the Lord God when I demonstrate my holiness through you in their sight. Help me out. 1, 2, 3, verse 24. For I will take you from the nations and gather you from all the countries and will bring you into your own land. Help me out. I will also sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and all your idols. Help me out. I will give you a what? New heart and put a new spirit within you. Help me out. I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will place my spirit within you and cause you to follow my statues and carefully observe my ordinance. And listen to me. You will live in that land. I gave your fathers. You will be, help me out, my people. Can I get a chihu up in there? Come on. I will be your one. God, I will save you from all your uncleanliness. I will summon the grain and make it plentiful, and I will not bring famine on you, O Israel. I will also make the fruit of the trees and the produce of the field plentiful so that you will no longer experience reproach among the nations on account of famine. 
You will remember your evil ones and your deeds that you were not good. And you will load yourself for your iniquities and distasteable practices. It is not for your sake that I will act. This is the declaration of the Lord. Let this be known to you. Be ashamed and humiliated because your ways house of Israel. This is what the Lord God says. On the day I cleanse you from all your iniquities. I will cause the cities to be inhabited, and the ruins will be rebuilt. The desolate land will be cultivated instead of lying desolate in the sight of everyone who passes by. They will say, this land that was desolate has become like the Garden of Eden. The cities that were once ruined, desolate, and demolished are now fortified and inhabited. Then the nations that remain around you will know that I, the Lord, have rebuilt what was demolished and have replanted what was what? Desolate. I, the Lord, have spoken. I will do it. This is what the Lord God says. I will respond to the house of Israel and do this for them. I will multiply them in number like a flock. So the ruined cities will be filled with a flock of people, just as Jerusalem is filled with a flock of sheep for sacrifice during its appointed festivals. Then they will know that I, help me out, am the Lord. When you look at the Old Testament, you have to answer this question. What does this text have to do with Jesus? Everything. Because while Ezekiel was saying this hundred years before, hundreds of years before Jesus came to the earth that we just celebrated last week, Ezekiel reminds this, that God's covenant did not die. God's covenant with his people, his rebellious, secular, pagan people, is that he would fix what was wrong in the first place. And the way he would fix that it's through one of our priorities, the gospel. If you don't know anything out of this church, know the gospel. The gospel is this, that man is in need of salvation. The problem is nothing man do can rescue them from their sinful transgressions. Therefore, in God's goodness and greatness, for the sake of his holy name, he did what nobody could do for us. He gave us his perfect son. And it was on that perfect day when, when God became flesh and he dwelt among us. That he would live a natural human life just like you and I. And the only difference that separates us from God was God, his son Jesus, was perfect. Never sinned, lived a perfect life. He spent three to four crucial years in his 30s to minister to the sick, to the rebellious, to the pagan. And it's at that moment that he would also give his life for you and I so that you would know that when God demonstrated his covenant with Israel, he did not lie about salvation, but he gave his only son so that you and I, Hawaiians, Hawaiians at heart, Howleys, Asians, whatever you are, wherever you come from, God, Jesus, the God man, I don't know how it worked, it just worked. He came to free you from your opala. That's good news. That's news that we need to continually preach to our children every day. 
right? The words we use, the language you use, how we discipline them, whether you putty them or you put them against the wall. I don't know your guys' style of teaching. We need to share the gospel all the time. So the vision for Ohana Church in 2020, as we respond to our text today, is really twofold. Number one, we are to speak what we have heard, whether or not anyone listens. Can I be honest with you? You may not know this, but every one of you weigh heavy on my heart. I hold you on my heart every day. When I was called to be a kahu or pastor, wherever you guys come from, I remember my ordination and service. I remember them challenging me about ministry and the challenges of ministry. And you weigh heavy on my heart every day. Those who come sometimes, those who come every once in a while, those who are faithful every whatever week and you in community, whatever, you, every one of you equally weigh heavy on my heart. And one thing I was certain by my father, who was a kahu here for 30-something years, he reminded me this. I mean, this is why we named you Ezekiel. So that God will strengthen you in your calling. So we are to speak what we have heard, whether or not anyone listens. Listen to me. Be faithful to the message. Because the messenger, Jesus, is faithful to you. Number two. We are to feast on God's word, which keeps us from rebellion. You remember he tells Ezekiel in chapter 2 in the 18th, last few chapter verses, verses 6 to 10, he says, And Ezekiel, do not rebel like them. I'll be honest, I'm not perfect, but I pray it is my heart and desire, your heart and desire, to not just listen, but also follow, obey. And that's how we're going to approach 2020. We're going to be more gospel-driven. We're going to be more family-oriented. And we're going to be more mission-focused.